Welcome to the Circle City Cinema with your beloved host and the one and only Zach Griffith, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I'm your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined as always on the WandaVision episodes by the Running Hook CEO, Alex Burr. Hello, hello, everyone. Back again for another great episode of WandaVision and another draft, but we'll get to that later. Another draft. Uh, but first, the news, some sad news. Christopher Plummer, one of the GOAT supporting actors, in my opinion, and I think probably in a lot of people's opinions has died at the age of 91. He was in The Sound of Music, probably his most famous movie. He was in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Up, Knives Out, which was his last major movie. Just a big loss, a big loss, but it makes me want to watch Knives Out again to appreciate it. I think you're saying that because I told you before we started taping that I was going to watch Knives Out tonight. I, yeah, I'm not saying is. you're biting my style, but you're biting my style, Zach. <laughs> it is, and I've only seen it once, and I need to, I need to go back and watch it again. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good flick, that's all. That's I believe all. it's on Hulu or Amazon Prime, one of the two. Uh, Prime, I think. It's on Prime. I think, yeah, it's Prime. Yep. For free, I think. Yeah. Take yeah. advantage. Take that's, advantage, that's- folks. It's a great movie, a great whodunit. Um, Daniel Craig, surprisingly not distracting with the accent. Did he do a good job with the accent, or was it just good enough? What, what do you think? It was just good enough, right? Because if he took it, like, you listen to them. Like, they even make jokes about it in the movie. Like, this guy's accent, you know, they call him, like, fog. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they call him Foghorn Leghorn. They call him <laughs> the Colonel. That's bad. Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> it's funny, like... <laughs> pretty it's accurate now that i think about it the movie makes just enough fun of it but it's not that ridiculous in the grand scheme of things i mean it's it not. is ridiculous when you think about james bond playing a southern like a southern investigator it it's ridiculous on its face but the performance i would say it makes it believable it was a great performance and chris evans also gave a great performance his first uh post mcu performance that was Oh my gosh, that was incredible by Chris Evans. What a the twist was it wasn't obvious, but you could kind of tell it was coming, but the way they delivered the twist, phenomenal, phenomenal from Brian Johnson. I would phenomenal say. cast. Great job by Ryan Johnson. Phenomenal cast, phenomenal movie. Check it out on Prime. Some other news. The Snyder Cut gets the R rating. Alex, I called for this in my X-Men monologue. My wish is granted. Um, you know, I, I got to be honest with you, Zach. This is the Snyder Cuts for the Justice League movie, right? Yes. Yes. Why? Th- that movie sucked. Why is there all this hype <laughs> for, this, for the Snyder Cut? It like, sucked. Our- it sucked because, and this is why I have hope for the Snyder Cut. He, he wasn't involved in the entire production. He left like halfway through for a few reasons. Joss Whedon took over. And the tone, the tone of the movie was just mixed up, to say the least. So, this is all Zack Snyder's vision. Uh, Warner Brothers gave him seventy million more dollars to finish it. I'm gonna do a whole episode on Justice League and Snyder Cut before Snyder Cut comes out, but that's why I have hope for it. 
You know, Zach, when Snyder Cut comes out, I'll come over to your house and we'll, we'll binge the Snyder Cut. We'll, we'll sit through all four hours. We will. And we'll, I'll, I'll do it with you. I'll, I'll sacrifice it. <laughs> because it'll be for the good of the team. And I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I want to see if it's actually good this time. I, I think it will be. And I'll be the first to tell you, look, look, look. Okay. If this movie sucks, I will bury Zack Snyder on Circle City Cinema. I'll bury him myself. I'm glad to hear it because all the hype and trouble that has gone into the making this happen, it better fucking rock. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It better fucking rock, Alex. If it doesn't, I will bury him myself. I will bury him. You know, they always did call you Captain Accountability, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Hold you accountable. That's what I do. And some more Justice League news. The animated series on HBO Max. I've been binging it myself. Alex, was this a series of your childhood? It was, but I don't remember any of it. I I really... (laughs) There's this thing, Zach. um, When you hit yourself in the head, all your memories seem to go go away. Weird how that works. It uh, it is. But listen, you know, I love the animated shows, especially from Cartoon Network. You know, this is going to sound, you know, out there, but the Powerpuff Girls, I watched that a couple of years ago. It's a legitimately funny show. Yes. Like Cartoon Network really didn't miss from like when we were in elementary school at all. No, they didn't. So I'm excited. Like when I have opportunity and now I have a lot more free time to, you know, watch shows, I am going to definitely go back and watch more of the Cartoon Network shows because they're all in HBO Max, all in HBO Max. I'm excited to watch the Justice League. Yeah, all of them are on there. Justice League's on there. DC has always kind of dominated the TV realm in terms of the comic book stuff. Marvel, they've had some good stuff, but they haven't been on DC's level. Justice League was really the last the last great DC series. And if you go on there, it'll say there's only two seasons. But... Uh, don't be afraid. Just hop on over to Justice League Unlimited. It's basically the same show. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of DC TV shows, this is like an adaption from uh, Damon Lindelof, but I, I do want to make a pop culture um, recommendation if you haven't seen it. Watch the Watchmen series on HBO if you haven't had a chance to. Uh, I, have been tele- I have been texting Zach about it. I finished it this week. It does such an amazing job of pulling threads together. Like, you don't even meet some of the most major characters until almost the end of the series, but it's worth it. And the way that it holds you captive for the show, like it's such an amazing show and I'm not giving away any spoilers, but it's such an amazing show and it's, it's really topical. And yet, even while it's really topical, because you know, sometimes the topical shows just aren't entertaining. (laughs) Right. This one, it's really entertaining while being, you know, incredibly topical. So go check out Watchmen. If you haven't seen it, I, can't recommend it enough. 10 out of 10. I kind of wish there was more, but at the same time, the nine episodes are perfect. So it, it, would t- it took me about a week to binge it. So That's, that's what I'm going to watch when I'm done with Game of Thrones. Justice League is nice because, I mean, all those cartoons are nice and that they're so easy to just plow through. Like you can realistically be done with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited in like a month. <laughs> yeah, when I was in a... Early in college, I was working. I was living, still living at my mom's house. And one summer, I was just bored. So I would come home and I would watch The Clone Wars. Yes. And I finished, I finished The Clone Wars in about a month. You could watch three, four episodes at a time. 
Yeah, I mean, they're only, I think, uh, an average of like 22 minutes. Yeah. So it's, and it's good content. So you can plow through them and get your money's worth. Wakanda Show announced Ryan Coogler signs a five-year deal with Disney to make Black Panther content. I'm all in, Alex. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's happening in the show, but I'm in. Listen, Ryan Coogler plus Disney plus equals Black Panther. I'm happy with that equation. Equals money. Equals money. But <laughs> listen, Black Panther was great. And I went back and rewatched it for the first time in a little while, and I didn't realize how good it was. Right. Awesome. That movie was so well done. And we, like, the elephant in the room is always what's going to happen because, obviously, Chadwick Boseman, yeah. rest in peace. And now there's concern, like, what are, who's going to be the Black Panther? But Kugler's direction, he seems to have a grasp on what the um, Black Panther franchise should be. And that's kind of what I like about Marvel is that they give the directors autonomy to go with their vision for each story. And I think that this will be good for Disney to have him helming the Black Panther ship because they, he made an incredibly good movie in 2018. And I just want to see, I want to see what he does. I would like to see the direction. It seems like there's a director for each kind of installment in the MCU. Like Coogler drives the Black Panther car. Taika drives the Thor car. Russo's drive the Avengers. It work, and it's it's worked out so far. So I don't see why. I don't see why this would fail. Now James I don't Gunn. know James Gunn with the Guardians. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I thought Shuri is my pick for the next Black Panther. That just seems logical. Are they going to do it in the show? Or are they going to save it for the second Black Panther? I don't. I don't know. And I think that I think that's a good question too. Is this show going to come out before the movie for the sequel? I don't think so. I wouldn't think so either. Because Black Panther 2 already has a release date set. And I think that's for next year, the year after. And the shows the shows take a lot of time to make. So and it doesn't even have a title yet, so we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited. Maybe some Killmonger resurrection. <laughs> I think that's definitely a possibility, but you also have to accept the fact that he's a homicidal maniac. So, well, there's a few of those. There's a few of those. Loki was once a homicidal maniac. He came around. I, I don't. Something tells me that Killmonger is not going to come around. But you know, if they do, if they do resurrect him, <laughs> there's always a chance. The Thanos didn't come around, did he? No, I mean Thanos. So, okay, there was always oh, the Thanos. You know, Thanos had a point. Thanos had a point. No, he didn't. He just liked killing people, and he wanted to use oh half of humanity as an excuse. It was like, you know, he just liked killing people. I He's saw, like, I saw a tweet saying uh, <laughs> Thanos could have just uh, used the gauntlet to double the resources in the universe instead of killing half the people. <laughs> exactly. He could have just made two universes. He could have done so much stuff and he's like, no, let's kill people. Well, eventually in Endgame, he he like basically admits to that. He's like, yeah. I'm going to take pleasure in reducing Earth to its last atom. So, I mean, he did it with Xandar. For the fun. Why yeah, did he... Xandar, shit. Why did he kill half the people on Xandar if he cared so much about you know, resource preservation. <laughs> Look, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, they had a great run in the MCU, but it's over now. 
They couldn't afford him in the budget. They were already paying Robert Downey Jr. too much. We can't we can't pay a million dollars for a small John C. Riley cameo and a, a million. I would imagine Glenn Close has to charge more than John C. Riley would yeah, for yeah, a cameo. Yeah, yeah. So God, I can't even imagine what she would charge. But hey, you know, good for them for getting the bread from their one MCU appearance. It's, I wish. Listen, uh, more John C. Riley. Has anyone ever complained about more John C. Riley? No. Anybody who does can shut them out. That's right. Shake and bake, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the last piece of news, which in my opinion is just dumb as hell. The Robin Hood movie has been announced uh, based on all the stock market stuff that's been going on lately. Uh, I don't want to spend any time on this. This is is dumb. This is just way too early. I'm not even sure there's enough there to make a movie out of it. Uh, any, Any thoughts, Alex? No, they need to do more reporting. If this was like a Michael Lewis book, sure. But Michael Lewis hasn't written anything like a book about this. I mean, give more time for more details to come out and I can see it. But it's way too early in the process. Like there's a good chance, like just speaking realistically, there's a good chance that there were hedge fund managers driving up the price to screw the other hedge funds. That's a really good possibility. So we don't know. Like, I need Michael Lewis explaining this shit. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, and I, I hope I hope it falls apart. I hope it doesn't happen. That's my hope. Because that's Michael Lewis. Like, The Big Short explained it so perfectly. Yeah. I wouldn't know what a short was if I hadn't watched The Big Short. Yeah. Yeah, The Big Short was a great movie. I just, no, 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 no thanks. Moving on to WandaVision, episode five. Alex, I'll just ask you right off the bat, was this the best episode so far? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. It was so action-packed because the first three episodes were all sitcom format, right? And then, you know, episode three, Vision started to figure out what was, something was off. Then episode four, it kind of like rewound the clock and gave us the explainer of what the hell was going on. So this episode, now we know what the hell is going on and we know the stakes on the outside and yet... The sitcom is still going on on the inside. This was by far the most action-packed movie. Or not movie. But it by totally far the most, was. Most action-packed episode. Like, because you had the stuff happening inside the sitcom, which is really important. And then you also had the stuff happening on the outside, which is also really important. We There was just so much stuff going on in this episode. It was really impossible. Like, really, without your um, without your outline, I wouldn't have been able to keep track of it all. Like, truthfully, because it just it felt like so much happened in this episode, and the episode is so fast-paced. Like, this episode should have been 45 minutes, probably, yeah. to fit all the information that it was holding. Right. But it wasn't. It was, like, <laughs> real small complaint about the show, because I love it. Why the hell are the credits seven minutes long? Like, it's misleading when you go to tap the episode to watch it, and it says it's, like, this one was 41 minutes. It's actually, like, 35. It's thir- No, it's 34, Zach. Right. It's 34. And like, you feel like you're going to be giving a lot longer time commitment, right? Which is one of the things I like about HBO. You know, like, I'm watching The Wire with my girlfriend, right? It's an hour. Yeah, it's an hour. And you know, it's It's an hour. Legit hour. And the credits are included in that hour. And there's 58 minutes of episode and like two minutes of credits, right? Like, even Watchmen, Watchmen's credits were long, but they were only like three minutes long. There's no reason for your credits to be seven minutes. Like, so you're not you're not complaining about it. You're just saying it seemed a little rushed. A little yeah, it feels rushed. Like it feels like this episode, like the episodes have needed more time to breathe. The first couple, you know, whatever, because 
it makes sense because they're sitcom format. So it makes sense why, why they're shorter. But I think the first episode is probably like 17 minutes long. Right? It, like, it was not. Yeah, it was not too long. So I feel like we need more more space for it. You know, like I'm not saying, you know, make like an hour long, you know, drama. Right. But like 40 minutes, you have literally no time constraints. You're on a streaming service. You don't need to have commercials in there. Yeah. Make it. <laughs> And plus, there's not even a skip credits option on the. the no, episodes. there isn't, and I think that I don't know why that is. It could, it could uh, like I don't remember, like since it's a brand new series, maybe that's why. Because I'm trying to remember back to when The Mandalorian first premiered, if I couldn't skip the recap, but I don't, I don't remember. I I just wish the episodes were as long as they say they were in the streaming service, but I can't complain because the episodes are really good at the They're same good. time. I, I just feel like it like we need more room to breathe <laughs> you know what i mean well i think part of the reason you felt that way was because i kind of felt that way a little bit too this was the first episode that really went in depth on both sides of the hex mm-hmm. both inside and outside of the hex so they had this episode had a lot to do and i think you know obviously i can't predict what's going to happen in the next uh four episodes but this one, we might look back and say this one did the most heavy lifting out of all of them. Yeah, I would agree. But it's funny that the show still hasn't established a villain. And I'm curious to see if there even is going to be a villain, if the conflict is just Wanda. I think we have theories on that, but... Wanda versus herself. Yeah, I think that could be a possibility at this point. Because it's weird for a show to be five episodes in. And I know this is season one, but to not have a clearly defined villain... Right. That seems kind of strange to me. Right. Like, especially for a superhero thing where the concept is, you know, good versus like, it's pretty black and white most times. And I'm not complaining because I like gray, you know, so the best shows are like, you know, the characters are painted gray, but I wish this was, you know, <laughs> I kind of wish it was more black and white, but I, again, I can't complain because I love the show. Well, we're doing things a little different today, folks. We usually run through all the scenes and then go in depth on them, but there's just a scene in this one too big to save for last. So we're going to talk about it first. The Quicksilver cameo, Alex. Literally the last person I expected to see when Scarlet Witch opened the door. Who did you think it was? So based on the haircut, I thought it might've been Captain Marvel. Right, because that's, ah. that's the haircut she had in Endgame. So I was thinking maybe, but then I was like, no, it's too shaggy. She was mentioned in the episode too. Yes, that that's the other reason why. Like, and plus, she's had like Captain Marvel's been mentioned a lot in this series. And again, like uh, like Jim Gordon said, I'm trained not to believe in coincidences. Yeah. So I'm not saying she's gonna show up, but. I, Pietro is truly su- surprising, especially this version of him, because we've X-Men seen the, version. the X-Men, like, s- set up the uh, context for who this guy is, but I wasn't expecting this at all. No, this, when Darcy says she recasts Pietro, I thought that was an interesting choice of words, because this is... A, it, like, Quicksilver existed both in the MCU and in the separate X-Men universe, but now... We're getting the actor who played Quicksilver in the MCU from a different universe. It's just, it's hard 
to wrap your head around. But as for who I thought it was, the second time around, it was easier to tell because first time around, I didn't notice the haircut. It was white, and then it went to, like, black in the back, his hair. And this time, I noticed that. But the first time, I thought it might have been Old Cap. Mm. Thought it might have been Magneto. Or I thought it would have been uh, the other Quicksilver. Played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, MCU. This was literally the last fucking guy I expected to see. <laughs> Evan Peters, Quicksilver. <laughs> so, okay, if you thought it was going to be Magneto, you would have thought it was going to be uh, Michael Fassbender, right? Like, not... Obviously not Ian McKellen, but you well, thought- the gray hair. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be Ian McKellen. I, I don't think Ian, like Sir Ian McKellen. Is it Sir Ian McKellen? I know it's yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Ian McKellen. Sir, Sir Ian McKellen. I, I gotta update the um the X Men pod. Whoops. Um, <laughs> I think that again, we're just talking about you know in the first episode when we were talking about uh, Michael Douglas. I think this might be a little too small for Sir Ian McKellen, but I didn't know who to expect per se. And I didn't know who I thought it was. I just was like, who the hell is this? But again, MCU Pietro is dead. Now we have a whole host of other questions. Multiverse, you know, did Wanda create mutants? We have so many other questions and that we don't have the answers to now. And the next four episodes are going to be huge for the dirt. I think this... So now it's becoming more and more apparent to me why they're having WandaVision first, right? Because, you know, you could have gone with the other shows before this. This, to me, is going to set the the direction of the MCU for the next 10 years, I think. I think this is going to be set the direction. Like, we're going to have another possible, you know, cameo that you're going to talk about later in the um, episode. But another person you think could be introduced, I'll say. But... I think that because the, the X Men is the future of the MCU, the yeah, fact that they did the, the fact that they did it without the X Men for so long is a testament in and of itself. Yeah. So now that if they can integrate them, it's going to be huge. They did it without the X Men or the Fantastic Four, which is just kind of mind boggling when you think about it. But let's get into the implications of X Men Quicksilver showing up. You talked about the multiverse, which I think is probably the most likely possibility of how this is possible. Is this how they bring in the X-Men? Just say say they were in a different uh, parallel dimension and that now they, they're here now? Well, and it would make sense too because maybe that this, what Wanda's doing is opening up the multiverse. I can't say. But we know, like, one of the things that we know for sure is that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to heavily feature Wanda Maximoff. Oh, yeah. We don't know how we're going to get there, though. No. And this could maybe answer that question. So, I don't know. Multiverse seems plausible. What seems more plausible to me, though, is that Agnes, as we've been talking about for the previous Uh... weeks... Maybe incarnated uh, Pietro. Uh, <laughs> she's she's definitely Agatha Harkness. At this, she, like, she is. We have a couple theories that have been basically uh, basically proven correct. But she, yeah, we'll we'll talk about Agnes more as we get later on in the episode. But I think it's in the realm of possibility that she incarnated Pietro in this form because 
Wanda claims she she didn't do it. I believe Wanda. Me too. I'll, I'll say. Which is odd because of what exactly what Vision said. I don't I don't think I can trust you right now, but I I believe her. I don't think Wanda's the bad guy. I will say. I think we'll talk about Wanda's behavior more, I think, later on. But I think she's more – actually, I'll save that topic for later. But I just think Pietro showing up, it's gonna, this, this throws a whole monkey wrench into this show that none of us saw coming. No. No, it's the biggest monkey wrench I've, I've ever seen. It really is. Her claiming she didn't do it throws another thing into it because – Somebody else is definitely uh, operating in the hex here. Probably Agatha Harkness, like you said. Uh, I'm still holding out hope. Stephen Strange will show up to either undo it. I don't know why he would uh, bring X-Men Quicksilver into the equation, but I still think he's going to show up somehow. But before this happened, Alex... Oh, wait. I want one more thing about the X-Men. I did some research to make sure that there weren't any overlapping castings between the X-Men universe and the MCU. There isn't. So they could just say that was all happening in a different multiverse and bring them in with no problems. So, again, I talked about this in the first episode, but one of the flaws, right, of the first set of movies is that they announced contracts and when they were going to be up and when they were going to, you know, like people knew that Chadwick and um, Tom Holland were going to be coming back because they right. still had longer contracts. Right. And that was, I think, one of the flaws coming into Infinity War. And they, they had clearly, announced Spider-Man 2 and Black mm-hmm. Panther 2, so yeah. They've clearly learned from this mistake because they nary a peep from them about... Hey, about shout out to the entire cast and crew of this, of this show for keeping this quiet. This is, yeah. this is a massive thing to keep quiet. Nothing about Evan Peters in this okay. whole whole casting thing right you couldn't look it up on google like i'm gonna look up the wandavision cast right now to see if they added them they did they did add them like there's still a possibility that someone else can come in and oh yeah like the possibilities are endless at this point now and i think so i i'll i'll ask the question and answer it (laughs) so you were gonna ask me should olsen have said anything about the cameo right and i think the answer to that question is yes because you can say that and then you have speculation and your mind is still blown, right? When it doesn't ma- match who you're thinking about. I think that, like, nobody expected Evan Peters. Nobody expected Pietro. Pietro no. is fucking no. dead. Nobody. Fucking like dead. Like I said, last person I thought. Specifically, Evan Peters, Quicksilver. Last person I expected to see. Exactly. You would have thought they would have resurrected, you know, the guy from Age of Ultron. Yeah. But they didn't. And I think... Again, remarkable constraint, restraint, constraint, remarkable restraint by the cast of WandaVision. Unbelievable. Keep their their damn mouth shut. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, should Olsen have said anything about the cameo? If you remember earlier in the week, uh, she was said in an interview that uh, there would be a Luke Skywalker Mandalorian-esque cameo in WandaVision. uh, Now I know that Luke Skywalker is in uh, Mandalorian. Thanks, thanks, Elizabeth. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not your fault, but it's her fault. But, Elizabeth Olsen, I'm coming for you. No. <laughs> but should she have said anything? Part of me says no, she shouldn't have, because people probably found themselves looking or expecting the cameo 
in this. That was the great thing about the man, the Luke Skywalker cameo. Nobody expected it. Nobody expected it. Uh, now I'm expecting it, but continue. Yes, you're expecting it now. Damn it, Elizabeth. <laughs> and the other part of me is like, yes, because people start devising ideas of who it's going to be. And I guarantee nobody said, oh, X-Men Quicksilver is going to show up. Nobody. Nobody said that. So Exactly. It's kind of either way. I go either way with that. Should she have said anything? I don't, I don't care. Uh, getting into the key plot points, Alex. I'm going to run through these and then we'll go in depth. Agnes shows up at Wanda's house to help with the kids. And we get that scene. Uh, one of, we've had a few of these where it just cuts and it says, this is the first one where one of the characters on the show has acknowledged that it's a sitcom. And Agnes says, should we take it from the top? She breaks character. Uh, Vision knows something's going on. The twins grow up right before everyone's eyes. Agnes acts oblivious and just says, uh, kids these days, what are you going to do? Monica wakes up after being returned to reality by Wanda Hayward. Uh, it, it takes another L this week. Uh, Alex, I know you think he's in Hydra, but he's I'm giving him a fat L. Continues his incompetent streak. Wanda revealed to have stolen Vision's corpse, so we get an answer there. Wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, I feel like this needs to be added on. Nine days ago. Yes, we get a time frame, yeah. She stole the corpse nine days ago. So the uh, hex she has created hasn't even been going on for two weeks. <laughs> and just just another reminder, she had been alive for about 12 days at that point. Or she had been brought back from the snap for, right. for about 12 days from that point. What so, a series of events. Dead for five years, returned well, back to life, goes to Tony's funeral, and then just gets right back to work. <laughs> hey, it's efficient. She doesn't waste any time. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, the nine days thing was uh, good in terms of a time frame. Uh, and we get the answer. How did Vision come back? She just stole the body. That's how. Tommy and Billy, the kids, find a dog. They name it Sparky. Agnes shows up with a doghouse minutes after the dog is discovered by Wanda. Wanda conjures a collar in front of her, causing Vision to uh, say, well, what the hell? I thought we had an agreement here. We're not to do this in front of people. Tommy and Billy then uh, spontaneously grow up to 10 years old, right in front of Agnes. Uh, Monica discovers Wanda can change things as they enter the hex. She discovers that her pants were changed to uh, Kevlar. Vision receives an email from Darcy inside the hex. Norm, Vision's co-worker, is snapped back to reality by Vision, and he pleads for Vision's help, asks to have him uh, make Wanda stop the mind control. Tommy and Billy ask where Vision is, and they ask about Wanda's brother, which uh, brings about some uh, emotions from Wanda. Wanda then confronts Sword. She exits the hex. To confront Sword, we get some big-time parallels to Magneto versus the cops in the first X-Men movie. Hayward, some more incompetence. And uh, Wanda's accent is back. We'll get it. I can't wait to dive into that as to why that is, Alex. It's, it's interesting. Sparky the dog dies. 
Agatha claims he ate her leaves on one of her bushes. Uh, the boys ask Wanda to fix it since they know she can bring people back to life. How they know that we don't, we don't know. Maybe they know what vision is dead or something. And then Wanda and vision almost throw down in the house when vision confronts Wanda. Wanda ends the episode, ends the sitcom episode, but vision doesn't care. Vision can't remember life before Westview. And then Quicksilver arrives as we talked about at the top. So let's just dive in here. Alex, I'll give you the first one. I'm going to let you take all the Agnes stuff because you called the Agatha Harkness in episode one. So uh, just just take this one. So, okay. I mean, the showing up to help with the kids, you know, again, Catherine Hahn is just so funny. <laughs> like, it really helps for the sitcom elements to have, like, someone as funny as she is. You called for more Han last week and you got it. I, I got it in droves this week. <laughs> and she, but the thing was, Zach, she didn't just show off her comedic comedic chops this week she showed off her serious chops too i thought right. this was a really well rounded episode from katherine Hahn. and again going back to my elizabeth olsen case for uh best actress emmy if she doesn't win i'm gonna riot plain and simple she should be I nominated would, at she, least. she should win like just the way she's contorting her face alone like face acting alone she should be nominated yes the rest of what she's doing she's phenomenal but so Agnes shows up to help with the kids. She's like, someone told me that your kids were having trouble sleeping. I, that, I'm butchering the line, but she's like, who told you? And Vision's like, who told you that? She's like, oh, I heard it from the street. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes on an absolute terror comedically in this part here. Well, Vision is still questioning what's going on, right? But she's like, I'm, Vision's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm going through your cabinet looking for dark liquor. Not, it's not for me. It's for the kids. What kind of babysitter do you think I am? <laughs> the, way, the way she just uh, just waves off the kids growing up like five years right in front of her. She's like, well, that's, that's what makes me think she's the witch. Because A, yeah. it makes a lot of sense why they like – it doesn't make, like, just logistically speaking, it doesn't make sense to cast someone like Catherine Hahn as a side character. She is a very big actress at this point. Right. And B, you need to make use of her talents. What was B? But B, she's, okay, I just remember B, sorry. B is that she is just flat out ignoring, like, you know, the kids growing up five years in front of her eyes, you know, Wanda snapping the thing into existence. She clearly notices it, but she doesn't care because she's Agatha. She, I think we'll get into it later, but we can pretty much lock that in that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. And plus, Agnes and Agatha, that that's not a coincidence. Shout out to Jim Gordon. Yeah, shout out to Jim Gordon. And just a reminder, Agatha Harkness is uh, she was Wanda's uh, hex teacher in the comics. So maybe she, Wanda learned how to do this from uh, Agnes. We'll see. I, I thought the uh, should we take it from the top thing was uh, kind of creepy as well. Mm-hmm. And thought, Vision's reaction was uh, pretty uh, genuine, I thought. Oh, Vision, Paul Bettany too. Like all three of them should be nominated, right? For obviously Catherine Hahn for supporting. Great Paul Bettany episode. Great Paul Bettany episode. Like he is clearly, he's clearly incensed, right? Because he kind of knows something is going on, but he can't quite put his finger on it. And when that happens, you get pissed off. Right. And he's like, Benny's doing a great job of conveying that emotion, but that is very creepy. Like we keep seeing those like little cut 
happens, right? And Wanda, what Elizabeth Olsen is doing so well to me is she is like feigning confusion <laughs> when that happens. And you could tell like she's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'm fucked, you know, if they find out my secret. And it's just with Agatha. She only feigns Agatha. Agnes. Exactly. It's just with her because she, besides with uh, with uh, Monica, it's just, she just lets it slide with uh, Agnes. And it makes me think uh, Agnes is, uh, it's Agatha. Again, shout out to Jim Gordon. I'm not allowed to believe in coincidences anymore. No, you're not. You're not. Hey, talk about great acting. I thought, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but uh, Norm. <laughs> what a heat check by Norm. <laughs> when, he, when he gets flashed back to Wanda's reality from his own by vision. The, talk about facial expressions, Alex. He had to do it on the fly right there. Yeah, that was, um, that was awesome I, by Norm. The I, think, I had the WandaVision cast pulled up. Let's see. What's, what's the guy's name? Because I, I want to shout him out. I think it's Asif Ali. Shout out to you, man, because Dude. you did great job in this episode. <laughs> what a job. Like, and then uh, the, other, the other great acting was uh, Vision at the end yelling. Oh, yeah. Just ignoring the credits. Yeah. And, like, I thought that that was just incredible. Just, like, really the whole episode. Again, this whole series is just fucking phenomenal in terms of acting and the choices to bring back, you know, Kat Dennings and um, Randall Park. Yep. Just every, like, like Tiana Paris is, like, uh, like, again, it can't be stressed enough how well of a job that they've done, you know, you can't just focus on like the script and like, oh, it's Marvel, it's Marvel, it's Marvel. They've been doing a good job of doing everything fucking else too. The way they have been able to make everything look, I mean, not everything's been flawless. There's been some speed bumps in the MCU, especially I think phase two is probably the worst phase. And there were some speed bumps there, but the way they've made everything look overall flawless is just something to admire. Especially in WandaVision, because this is a convoluted plot, say the least, and they're making it look flawless. Um, Monica wakes up after being returned to reality. Defend, defend Hayward here. He 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 takes shots at Jimmy Woo for no reason. For no reason. I just think he's a dick. I don't think <laughs> it's. I don't know if he's incompetent yet. I'm telling you, I don't no. have enough of a body of work. I'm waiting till the end of the the series. I'm getting, to, to, I'm getting Dolan vibes from, from Hayward. That is strong. <laughs> that is that's strong. That's what I'm getting. Why would you insult the man like that? <laughs> that's what, I, what has he shown you, Alex? <sighs> he hasn't shown me anything, but he showed me that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, this, this is the prop. Like, I can't. Again, Hydra. I'm thinking the man might be I know. Re- I know. I'm not ruling that out of the possibility yet. And again, no, I'm not either. I'm not either. Hydra infiltrated Shield. What makes you think they wouldn't infiltrate Sword? They definitely could. I mean, Sword, especially if they're run by this guy, <laughs> it should be very easy. But I, I just thought he was. This is a really bad episode. Ray. He's just very, a, he's really just bad. an asshole. He is, and Darcy even says it. She's just, she says he's a dick, and she's right. <laughs> I thought that jump cut was funny though. Yeah, that was all the Disney made him do that for sure. Disney made them do that. Because they have to keep it on the program. They have to keep it on Disney Plus, but they get so 
they get so da- I love the way that they keep getting so dangerously close to saying fuck. One day. One day. I, I don't know I, what movie it'll be in, but one day. Probably if a Guardians Samuel L. Jackson movie. didn't say it in Infinity War, no one can ever say it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if there's he one says it, fuck, it's got to be him, right? If, if there's one fuck in this whole series, it's got to be from the man who ate the big kahuna burger in Pulp Fiction. There's... <laughs> Who else? Who else is qualified to say it as him? No one. Love me a big Kahuna burger. <laughs> look at the, mm, look at the big brain on Brett. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, and then the, the one of the big answers that we get in this episode: Wanda stole Vision's corpse from Sword Headquarters. I'm glad we got this answer, Alex. Oh yeah. Hey. It was about damn time. Like, we needed to find out. We should have really gotten it last episode. Yeah, that, we didn't know if she just conjured him up out of nothing or, or what what she did. I also did like how they explained that this is like a violation of Vision's will, which <laughs> I thought was funny that Vision even had a will to begin with. Yeah, dude's not even a person. He's got yeah, he's, a will. Like, what does he have to um to give away to people? You know, like... When I think of a you know walking synthesoid as they call them in the episode, I'm I'm not thinking that you know he's gonna give like you know Wayne Manor to the uh, orphanage. You know, like I, I don't think he has that kind of dough. No, he definitely doesn't, unless he's in some kind of Ponzi scheme at Stark Industries. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of pull he has at Stark. I I don't I don't know. Maybe he sold his body to somebody, and that's how. <laughs> <laughs> he then don't proceeded to donate all that money to science and then they used them as a, a super weapon so what kind of precedent does this set did ultron write a will in the in the two days he was alive <laughs> was he only alive for two days seemed like it <laughs> i want to watch age of ultron again but at the same time i kind of don't it is uh the me- one of the messiest Marvel movies in terms of everything that's going on, but I, I like it. I like it. I, the villain, really great villain, really great. And we're gonna get Ultron back. These two, yeah, I hope we're, so. We're gonna get Ultra. Well, he's gonna be a voice in the series. I don't know if his voice was already in it, but I hope so. Great voice, James Spader. Great job. Great job with Ultron. <laughs> Shout out Blacklist. I I didn't watch you for very long, but when I did, it was a very entertaining <laughs> show. Got a blacklist on Circle City Cinema. How about that? Uh, Tommy and Billy adopt Sparky the dog, who is lifespan, and unfortunately, is not very long. Agnes shows up with the doghouse, almost on cue. Uh, let Riff, go ahead, Riff on Agnes here. Again, she's Agatha, because how the hell else does she know that they have a dog? And I, I'm just going to say it. I think she killed the dog. I'm going to say it right now. I think she killed that dog. I think she had poor intentions with that dog. I don't think, you know, she's a witch. She probably she said wanted She to... saw through the window. That was her excuse. Oh, I saw I saw it through the window. What? What window? <laughs> That's that to me seemed like a like a sitcom trope though. Like, oh, partner, I was just spying on you through the window there and I just saw it happen to see I got a I got a new pooch there, you know. I, I... What? <laughs> what? And then Wanda conjuring the collar in front of her, I think this is probably the most convincing case for your Agatha theory being real because Wanda just like it's fine, honey. 
It's fine. She's okay. She's she's really lacking discipline here, you know. If she was in the mob, she'd have been whacked by now. Because yeah, she would have She's like, you know, she's dealing drugs right in front of cops, you know, she's saying names on telephones. You know, just she's doing that kind of stuff. And then Tommy and Billy growing up to 10 years old. In it's front them, of her. them saying, "No, no, 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 don't grow up. Don't grow up." <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. That was that was a funny part. Vision called but, them whippersnappers. <laughs> That's a sitcom trope right there. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, real quick, real quick, I wanted to get this in. I feel like now's the best time to ask this. Do you think that Elizabeth Olsen had it specifically written in the contract for the show that they can't do Full House because of the family connection? We'll see when we get to 90s. We'll see. We'll see. Because I think that's very much in the realm of possibility there. We'll see when we get to the 90s. It depends. Will John Stamos show up? We don't know. He hasn't well, shown up in the uh, MCU yet. He could. I mean, <laughs> it would. Be, I'm just saying. John Stamos Zach, as Mephisto? I'm, I'm saying, Zach, it would be a lot. It would be very funny if we got a, a Mary-Kate and a, um, Ashley um cameo as the as michelle <laughs> before they appeared in the fucking new fuller fuller house show that would be funny it would be funny and uh, uh, john stamos he could show up he could maybe bob saget <laughs> if if star lord was born in the 80s it would have been john stamos over david hasselhoff yeah oh, that's yeah. that's pretty i'm sure yeah you think david hasselhoff got paid for that uh yeah, I think so. He showed up at one point in Guardians too. That's what he I'm saying. And the David Hasselhoff, he definitely got paid. Totally. I hope so. <laughs> that movie, you want to talk about guys getting checks? That movie has Sylvester Stallone. Uh just Ving Rhames for two seconds. <laughs> Ving Rhames, <laughs> cashing checks, cashing <laughs> checks. That's all you they're gotta, doing. You gotta love it. Sylvester Stallone was even billed. He was even billed on the poster. You betrayed the Ravager code, Yondu. <laughs> that was the biggest uh, check cashing maybe of his career. How'd you like my Stallone there? That was pretty good. Was, you need to smush your face more to make it look like you got the shipping out of you. But yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm sorry, not shipping out of you. Plastic surgery. My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, let's see. Where are we at here? Monica discovers that Wanda changes things as they enter the hex and they break this by vision receiving an email from darcy about what is called what is it the the maximoff the maximoff um something i i can't remember what yeah, it's yeah. called anomaly maximoff anomaly yeah that's what yeah. it is yeah this uh, it was a clever way to do it send an email and right. let's just let's just talk about norm all right <laughs> poor norm take it take it on norm I mean, he, again, phenomenal. He check acting performance. You know, if this was the rewatchables, we'd be giving him the Dion Waiters. Award. Great acting. Yeah, it would. We would. Great acting. But, like, thinking about the characters for a second, imagine how horrifying that is to, like, have someone snap you out of that for a second and then you go back to what you, like, what you were a second after. Right. Like, we, I don't remember Norm's name off of, you know, because they, they gave them all names, right? Like, or, not gave them all names, but you know what I'm talking about, where they yeah. pulled who they were, their identities off of the last episode. 
the fact like that's so horrifying like oh my god my sister is taking care of my dad like i need to find out what's wrong with him you know that was scary and like vision this is when vision is figuring out what's going wrong because now wanda can't erase that from his memory vision knows shits up yeah well, he had he suspected it, right? Like we were seeing that obviously the first two episodes, whatever. But we saw it in episode three, and then she, you know, snapped and like it edited it out. Right. That's what I'm most curious to see. Is she the one editing this out? Like, is she the one doing the TV show? Like, that's that is where things get complicated for me I'm, I'm not sure she definitely has a hand in it i think i don't know if she's the quote-unquote puppet master but she she's definitely she definitely has control of everyone's minds yeah and even norm knows it norm pleads with vision like hey get her to stop it hurts he doesn't even know how long it's been that's one of the i think that was his first question how long has it been yeah so yeah he, and they have no sense of time under her control Going back to the like the beginning of the episode, Monica was describing what it was like, and I'm pretty sure she said it felt like she was like violated. Yeah, like, Wanda so. just encapsulated her thoughts. You know, it doesn't sound like a pleasant experience. And you know, the norm that we get to know in Westview is you know he's a very cheery guy. You know, plays the plays the, you know for laughs guys in the sitcom role, but. He's an actual person. And Wanda's yeah. just, you know, like, Wanda needs to live this fantasy. And the fantasy is going to be interrupted one way or another. She's not going to be able to keep this up, especially now that Vision knows the jig is up. So that's my, like, again, one of my main questions for next week is what the hell happens between Wanda and Vision, especially now that Pietro's back. But what did you think about the norm, the norm scene? In particular, like in particular, the part where Vision snaps him out of it. Uh, I thought I thought it was a good showcase of Vision's powers. That way, we really haven't gotten that. You know, we we haven't really gotten him using his powers other than him changing back and forth between human Vision and real Vision and flying, of course. So I thought that was a good aspect of it. I thought it was the best acting sequence. Of the show, of this Which episode, saying something. Yeah, it is, and I thought, in my opinion, my, probably the other than obviously Quicksilver arriving, probably my favorite scene, because Vision knows something's up, and it makes me think, whoever sent Quicksilver in, because we both agree it wasn't Wanda, wanted to divert Vision's attention from that. That's why he sent the brother in. I don't know. I still don't know who it was, but we have theories. There's just so many different directions this could go, and I literally can't wait. We're record. We record these on Saturdays. They come out on Mondays. I cannot wait for next Friday. This was other than uh, probably the first episode of Wandavision. This was the first one where I went into it literally not knowing what to expect, and. Kind of the same thing for next week, episode six. <laughs> the end was such a twist. The end was such a twist that we can't know. But let's let's yeah. keep, let's continue on with the plot. Yeah, uh, Wanda confronts Sword. Wow, wow. That was 
Wow. wow. Is this – let me ask you one question first, going back to the norm thing. What is the bigger flex of Wanda's power? Bringing Thanos to his knees or mind-controlling an entire town? It's got to be mind-controlling an entire town because that's like 10,000 people yeah. that are living there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's one of the things we learned in, like, the last episode is, like – Maybe not 10,000, but even a small town of, like, mind-controlling 2,000 people? That's a lot of fucking people. It takes a lot of power. That's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, Wanda confronts Sword. You had some thoughts about this, I think. I think you were texting me about it. It was just an incredible, like, showcase of, like, of Wanda. Like, she... The So I watched X-Men for the first time in a while, right? Because you did the monologue Uh, on it. Yeah, baby. But... The Magneto versus cop scene is very is a very apt comparison by you, I have to say. Because it is exactly that. Now obviously she doesn't pull the trigger no. the way that Magneto no. did. <laughs> but just like so for those that don't know what we're talking about, she comes out of her the hex, right? I think we could just start calling it the hex now. Yeah, yeah. She comes out of the hex and she, you know, she confronts them because again, Hayward wanted to missile her. So confident Monica steps in and she's like, I helped deliver your babies. Why do you think I'm not on your side after like she, after Wanda recognizes her and threatens to, it's a good point by Monica, honestly. Like, yeah, like that's a pretty good Trump card. You know, like I talked about in the first episode, like, I don't know who you are. is such like a mean thing to say. I helped deliver your babies. That's a good thing to get you out of like any yeah. negative situation. Like <laughs> I slept with your husband. Yeah. But I helped deliver your babies. So, you know, like, <laughs> You know, it's it's like a get out of jail free card. But it is. I thought this was an excellent because she was still mind controlling them while she was outside of it, and she helped and she got all the guns to point their guns at Hayward, which you know you would have liked them to pull the trigger. But yeah, I would have totally would have wouldn't have felt anything if he died. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought it was just a phenomenal scene because Wanda. Wanda versus Monica. I think that's going to be probably the rest of the show. Yeah. If they don't introduce any like major mystical elements, but that's, it was a very compelling scene and you were, you're on the edge of your seat for, that was probably my favorite scene, <laughs> even including the Quicksilver reveal. Actually, yeah, no, the fair. last, the last scene was my favorite, but this it's close. It's close for me because they, they're so tense. And let's face it, the best scenes are fraught with tension. Like, yes, tension makes a great. Until the Dark Knight, the interrogation room scene. Of course, or one of the best scenes in the Dark Knight is the end when you know Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent is gonna shoot, gonna shoot Gordon's boy. He was about to kill my boy. (laughs) Don't punish the boy. Foreshadowing. Punish me. I'm about to. I was trying to fight the mob. <laughs> uh, but anyway, continue. No, I just thought the scene was so fraught with tension that it worked so well because Wanda, again, the thing that's worked really well about the show so far is that it kind of paints Wanda as the villain. It totally does. And in this episode, Monica's the hero. Like, let's face it, in the first, like, the last four episodes, because she wasn't in the first one, Monica's been the hero. Yeah. 
And I think that's an interesting dichotomy where you have to look at Wanda as a villain, even though you know her as a hero, because she's holding so many people against their will because she's but doing... she's, she's been a villain before. Right. That's but, the weird dynamic of it, you know? But the last five years, since Civil War, basically. She's been decisively a hero. Right. Exactly. Like, yes, Age of Ultron, she, you know, she jumped sides like she was Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yo, um... <laughs> Totally did. She totally did. <laughs> that was a Benny. That was right out of the Benny Youngman playbook, right there. Hope you're listening, Bryce. Hope you're listening. <laughs> but I don't know. I thought. I think that's the beauty of it. Like we know in our heart of hearts that Wanda can't be the villain, but for right now she is, and I want to see where the show takes it. Well, uh, oddly enough, the uh, biggest question I had was uh, the accent. Wanda's accent is back. I was hoping she left it in uh, Age of Ultron. <laughs> That's it's right back. up there. It's not totally back, but it, it's back. Her accent is right up there with Forrest Whitaker's, let's be real. <laughs> oh, come on. It, uh, I like, listen. You didn't you have know? to say it. You didn't have to say it. That's all. But we we were all thinking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were. I, I got to be honest. I They didn't even explain. That was kind of a running meme the past few years. They didn't even explain what happened to her accent. It was just gone one movie. And now it's back. I don't, well, don't want to spend that, too much time on this, but I don't, I don't know why it's back or how. It's like in Game of Thrones with Littlefinger. Like, I'm sure you, I told you about it, but you Shansha. noticed it. Shansha. <laughs> Shansha Sock. <laughs> I'm going to see it, taking you to see my license in the veil. <laughs> As opposed, like, quiet woman. <laughs> Robert Baratheon. Hit him with the hammer. <laughs> they don't tell you how they shit themselves. <laughs> I could talk like him all day. But what, oh. what do you think? How is the accent back? Um, why? So, okay, here's a theory for you. Again, this is, this is just off the top of my head. But she clearly is getting the inspiration for these sitcoms from somewhere, right? And I don't know if you noticed this, but during the opening credits, you know, like the credit sequence, like the sitcom credit sequence, they showed a picture of a teenage Wanda. Did you notice what was behind the picture of teenage Wanda? No. It was Sokovia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe oh god that's not what i want to look up um <laughs> teenage wanda oh god um this is gonna go very bad also i want to say uh, the baby pictures of vision golden <laughs> those were great pictures but they they were showing teenage wanda like you know and it was in behind her was a war-torn country so well, maybe Sokovia. she's basing the, the sitcoms off of what she'd seen on tv and like what she pictured family life to be like right and like that's why you know this episode i think was I think they based it off of Family Matters. Last episode, I think was Brady Bunch. Yeah, I know the first. It was Brady Bunch. I, think the first I love episode, Lucy was in there. I think uh, Dick Van Dyke was in yeah. there. Yep, that was the other one. So she's basing all her, you know, prior experiences on sitcoms that she'd seen, and so maybe in going back to try to revisit her childhood, she found her accent again. I, it's it's kind of cockamamie, I'll admit, but. I, I think that could be a plausible explanation at the very least. It, yeah, it could. And I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they brought it back. Moving on, uh, Sparky the dog. 
dies the same day he's adopted. Tough, tough beat. <laughs> It's a really tough beat for Sparky. You have like a twelve-hour lifespan. It was not not great, not great. Agatha claims she found him in the bushes. She doesn't know how many leaves he ate. The boys ask Wanda to fix it, and the vision shows up. Another Agnes scene. Alex, I'll let you riff. Listen, this was the great like dramatic scene because. The boys are like, come on, mommy, you can bring people back from the dead. And Agnes is like, you can do that? But she kind of just, like, why did just ignore her? Yeah. And, like, I think Agnes wasn't asking, again, because we think she's Agatha. She no. wasn't asking that sincerely. Or maybe she was. Maybe I think she, she was. I think she didn't know, as Agatha, I don't think she knew Wanda's powers went to that level. She was like, what, you can do that shit? Like, I can't even do that. I don't know. I think that she's definitely making the shit up about the dog eating the leaves again. That could have just been her lunch. We don't know. Yeah, totally which, we know which is we know witches are evil. Totally they like to eat. They like to eat dogs. You know. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, keep cats around though for some reason. Hey, you know, I keep cats around too. You got a problem? You got a problem with me, pal? Huh? Oh no, I, I don't have a problem. With, I don't have a problem. You think they're snakes with fur? <laughs> Shout out to Polly. Shout out to Polly. Um, I don't know. I think that this is a scene that could bear further examination going down the line, but this is the precursor to the fight between in the next scene. Yeah, they almost fight. They almost yeah. like obliterate the house and probably the whole town. Wanda and Vision almost throw down because Vision has had enough of Wanda's games, enough of her shit, quite frankly. Wants her to come clean about what's going on in Westview. He can't remember his life before Westview. So that's because he didn't have a life before Westview, Zach. <laughs> I can't remember sophomore year. It's all blur. It's all blur. But I thought that was interesting because does he not remember Thanos ripping the stone out of his head? No. It feels like I something would... you would remember. I mean, if you were resurrected against your will, I doubt it. You know, I I don't know. That's a good question. I think he can't that, remember his life before Westview. Like he can't remember Ultron. He can't remember Civil War. Any of that? I wouldn't think so. I mean, just we they've been establishing the seeds of his like not knowing anything though for the last five episodes. Yeah, like he didn't remember that he put the heart on there for the hearts. You know, like obviously he got. He got drunk in the second episode. Third episode is when he started to kind of piece things together. But, you know, Wanda was making it so they would he would conveniently forget what was going on. And then, like, this episode, she can't just ignore it anymore. And no. this is going to be the tension, I think, in the next episode. She can't ignore him anymore. Right. She can't. Well, she can't brush it under the rug. Right. The problems are going to come to the fore. And how is Wanda going to deal with that is the question. And we just, we can't answer that right now, but I think there's a good possibility that shit's going to get fucked up, <laughs> you know? Shit's going to go down and whether or not Quicksilver has something to do with it. I, I kind of think he was thrown in there as a diversion. So somebody's trying to help Wanda out and get Vision off her case, but that's my take. Vision, I have one theory on Vision not being able to remember his life. This could be their version of uh, 
in the books, Vision dies one time. He dies and he comes back like with no emotions. So this could be their version of that, except he comes back with no memories. Mm. Could could be. I don't know. I don't know. But that's my that's my theory. Uh, moving on to answered questions, Alex. Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Yeah, lock, lock it in, lock it in. Lock it in, baby. <laughs> House of M storyline, locked in, but it's not technically House of M. I, we saw a theory on Twitter, it's reverse House of M, where instead of Wanda taking the mutant powers away from everybody, she makes mutants herself. So yeah. that seems to be, that might be what's going on here. Shout out Jason Concepcion, because Great. he's where we saw that, and let's face it, he's one of the best. So he's shout out to him. Big shout out to Concepcion. Uh, and the Hex directly referenced by Darcy could be uh, Mephisto. Maybe. Maybe. We talked about maybe. him at length last episode. Maybe maybe he's coming. Maybe he's coming. Do we have any other answer questions? Did you have any? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, I think this episode, because the last episode primarily served for answering our initial questions while obviously leading to more. And obviously... It led to a lot more unanswered questions, but I think you got to the two biggest ones. So do you want me to to ask you the unanswered questions? Yeah. And that way we can get your theories. Okay, so obviously the biggest one is, and by far the biggest one, is how did X-Men Quicksilver get into Westview? How do you think he got into Westview? Well, like we talked about earlier, I believe Wanda when she says she didn't bring him there because that's not the version of Quicksilver she would have brought there. It's not. So, my theory is Magneto. Magneto brought him there. That's my theory. To reunite the kids. That's, that's my theory. And that would throw, I, I, I guess that, that brings even more questions, but. Or Doctor Strange. I, Could always be Doctor Strange. <laughs> by hook or by crook, you're going to get Doctor Strange into this series. <laughs> it's. It's incredible. Steven is on the sidelines, biding his time, waiting to come in the game at the right moment. Listen, buddy, you just keep telling yourself that, okay? You know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll show up in the series at some point. He will. All right. And then I know what you're going to say, but who is the aerospace engineer referenced by Monica? Now, explain to the listeners, because they might have missed this, like I missed it, where this is referenced and explain to them who you believe it is. It's referenced, I believe, when... Um, they are examining uh, Monica's pants to see how Wanda changed them when she entered the hex. And she says she has an aerospace engineer who might be up for the task. Folks, it's Reed Richards. Mr. Fantastic himself. That's my take. Okay, so that leads me to a big picture Marvel question. Do you believe that they would introduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four in this series? Hey. Hey. No, 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 no. I don't think Reed Richards will show up. This is the second, like, aerospace slash astronaut reference we've gotten in this show. Mm. I don't think... I just think that's who she's referencing. Like, do you remember in Winter Soldier, they referenced Stephen Strange, but he didn't show up? That's what I think is going on here. All right. And then the last unanswered question is the commercial, because as we know, the commercials are rife with theories. So the commercial this week was the Lagos paper towel commercial. And I have to say by far the least sexist commercial so far. (laughs) I have to to give it to Wanda, you know, quite quite an achievement. (laughs) 
Um, Lagos is notable, notable, because that's where uh, Wanda accidentally killed a lot of civilians at the beginning of Civil War. Um, Really, really catastrophic stuff. Do you believe... Do you believe that Lagos Paper Towels has any significance, or do you think that this is just another stupid product placement? Well, we didn't get a commercial last time, partly because mm-hmm. the episode didn't take place in the hex, but it does have some significance because that's where she killed all the civilians in Civil War on accident. Um, it, who is coming up with these commercials? I don't think it's her. No, it has to be Wanda, though, because look, think about it, right? Stark. Stark Industries. Somebody who knows her intimately? Either that or it's her, because these are all very personal connections to Wanda. Yep. Like, all four of them at this point, because Stark, Hydra, Hydra, Lagos. Yep. Like, those four things hold a very significant place in her life at this point. So... I don't know. I think it could be her. Could again, someone with very intimate knowledge of Wanda's life. Going back to something you, we were talking about last week. <laughs> Zemo, Zemo behind the commercials. Oh my god! He's affected by Sokovia. He was the villain in Civil War. Would he do that to his country? Countrywoman, though. Countrywoman. I think that's right. Probably, since she teamed up with the Avengers. Fair enough. Fair enough, but. I, it's a that's a good poll, but yeah. What were we gonna say? We were it just came about, to my mind. I had to. I'd say it. It's that's a good that's a good poll. We were talking last week about how like people had really in depth knowledge of this world of the Avengers, and holy shit, they took that to another extreme this week because they're like, they were talking about Wanda like, and she's like, Monica's like, if they didn't rain hell, if they didn't rain hellfire down on her, she she would have beaten Thanos by herself. What did they have like someone recording this? <laughs> Yeah, how did like that's a, this is where I start. That's, that's where I started to get fishy about it. Like, was Peter filming the whole thing? <laughs> he might have been, knowing what we know from uh, from Homecoming. And how would Monica have known she was dead? Exactly. Oh uh, no, no, she would have been back by then. But she, she would have been back. But she there was, was chaos going on. She came back, but she wouldn't have realized what was going on because a we don't know where that hospital was. Or actually, no, she would have still been dead. No, no. No, she would have been alive, but... She would have been alive, yep. Forgot there were two snaps in it. In, in, in. Like, it's okay. This is the thing, Zach. Are you going to bring, like, helicopters to film an extraterrestrial fight where there's stuff coming out of the sky? No, I'm going to fuck off as far as possible and let it play out. <laughs> <laughs> How do people know this? And she's like... It's common knowledge. Darcy, Darcy brought up Captain Marvel flying through the ship, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Like, again, I, I don't know. I bought into your theory. I don't know how this is common knowledge, but hey, good for them for knowing. Hey, YouTube. They found it on YouTube. Some, some great <laughs> Obviously. <video> on YouTube. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk more about Agnes, or do you think we covered it? I think I covered everything I wanted to say about her. Let's get into the draft. Hey, expl- I'm going to give you the floor here. It was a good idea, this idea for this draft by you, uh, Basically, has nothing to do with WandaVision, but uh, I w- explained it. I was intrigued by the idea, and I, we said, fuck it, let's do it. So, okay, so I was watching Rogue One last night, and Rogue One has Ben Mendelsohn, who was in The Dark Knight Rises. And in The Dark Knight Rises, there's a very, he plays Daggett in The Dark Knight Rises. And Daggett meets his end by Bane saying, Do you fear in charge? 
And I was wondering, like, <laughs> if Bane was in Rogue One, he said, don't choke on your ambitions, Director Krennic. <laughs> like, that would be a funny concept, right? So what, what I decided to do is we should just draft movies that we would like to see Bane in. We're recasting the roles. So we're going to do five movies each and we're going to be recasting the characters with Bane. Right. And I, I will be straightforward with the audience here. I just am doing this because I want to laugh. Okay. And I will be giving you quotes. I'm down to laugh from each. Listen, I, I'm recasting serious roles though. (laughs) I've got a mix. mix. You will appreciate it. So we're going to be doing five movies and we're, we have to do one MCU movie. Actually let's make it six picks and one MCU movie each. So if you want to add another movie real quick, Zach, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen. I think I'm good. I'm going to share the screen. All right. Coin flip. Absolutely. I'll flip the coin because you're, you're David Stern here and I'm the Knicks. Oh, wait. Shoot. Okay. Um, I flipped the coin. So call it. Oh, Tails. All right. Let's flip it again. All right. You got yeah. Tails. You got the first pick. You rat bastard. I can't even say it's rigged this week. Um, <laughs> what is your first pick? In the Bane, in the recasting Bane draft. My first pick. Zach Griffith selects. Iron Man. (laughs) And I'm recasting Obadiah Stane. (laughs) Bane replaces Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane. That's incredible. Tony! Ah! You barely adopted the company. All right. I owned it. Folded it. (laughs) So, okay. So I'll do my MCU movie first. And I told you, you are not going to have seen this coming, okay? And I told you, if you picked the pick, I would have just left the podcast. Thankfully, Uh, I don't have to leave the podcast. I am replacing Luis in Ant-Man with Bane. (laughs) (laughs) What? Imagine the stories in Bane's voice. What? <laughs> like wow th- those stories would be so funny like especially if he kept the same high-paced voice wow i think you didn't see it coming did you no <laughs> wow it's a great wow. poll isn't it fantastic poll i didn't see it coming when you told me small stakes i was thinking ant-man but i was like who 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 and ant-man <laughs> who all right what's your next pick wow Step Brothers, I'm recasting Derek, Brennan's older brother. <laughs> oh, so you're recasting Adam Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's a great poll. <laughs> ah, Brennan, if you fuck up the wine mixer, I win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're not ready. In there. I got you're not ready for my next pick. Uh, I am replacing Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump with Bane. What? No, no. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. My next pick. <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. 
and I'm replacing Jonah Hill as Donny oh. Azoff with Bane. <laughs> <laughs> the loot scene becomes ten times more legendary. <laughs> oh, she's so hot. <laughs> That's a perfect pick. You um, showed me a paycheck for twenty million, and I quit my job now. <laughs> perfect. I was proud of that pick. All right, I'm taking three more listen, picks. This, this wasn't high on my board, okay? But I'm taking it because I feel like you'll appre- you'll appreciate this pick a whole lot. <laughs> I am taking from Goodfellas. Oh. I am recasting Billy Bats. <laughs> That's Bane. <laughs> yes, he doesn't have a very long lifespan. Now go home and get your fucking side bars. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would appreciate it. I love it. I love it. Two Scorsese movies drafted. Right back at the back. <laughs> you could have gone with uh you could have gone with Tommy there, but Yeah, you could have. You could have. I feel like this one's better. Little Billy Bats. Little heat check, my man. (laughs) (laughs) My next one. Back to the Future. I'm recasting Biff (laughs) with Bane. (laughs) This is the best. This was the best idea I've ever had. Ah, McFly. Just an excuse to do the Bane voice for like 10 minutes. That's all. Exactly. All right. You ready for another Scorsese movie? Yes. I don't even know this character's name, but Mark Wahlberg in The Departed. Oh, Dignum. That's right. (laughs) Are you a fucking cop? (laughs) And shooting David at the end? It's perfect. Of course. Perfect. What a, another course. heat check. Another I could have gone with. Uh, I was thinking about going with Martin Sheen, but oh yeah, I didn't think that was very realistic. <laughs> All right, I got two picks left. My next one. It's too obvious. It's too obvious, but I'm doing it anyway. Air Force One. I am replacing Gary Oldman with Bane, and why? So we can hear this. Crashing this plane. <laughs> oh man, I have so many good options left on my draft board. I am go- my next pick. I am going with the Big Lebowski. Oh, and I'm the dude. Are you? I was going to do the dude, but then I realized Walter. Who would who would be better for Bane than Walter fucking Sochak? <laughs> Shaman Shabbos, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie. That's a good one. That's good. <laughs> Walter is perfect. I don't know why I had the dude on there. I was just going through my favorite movies, and then I realized Walter is literally perfect for Bane. <laughs> With my last I'm pick. Walk- wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Am I the only one who, around here who gives a fuck about the rules? <laughs> That's it. That's pretty spot on right there. Even the physique <laughs> matches up. That was the best John Goodman would ever look for the rest of his life. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> and my final pick, Alex. 
The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> I am recasting young Vito Corleone with Bane. <laughs> so you're going to make Bane learn Italian too? Yes. Yes. You Don't tell me you don't want to hear that. I do want to hear it, but I want to hear your... <laughs> okay, this is what I want to hear then. I want to hear your attempt to speak Italian in the Bane voice. <laughs> it's what I want to hear. I can't. I don't know any Italian, which is a shame. Because I'm like 40% Italian, but I don't know any. I don't know any. I can't do it. The 40% of your family that's Italian is ashamed of you. They just disown me. <laughs> they just they just shut off the show. So, okay. I have a lot of candidates that I have. Your final I'll, pick. A lot of pressure. I'll go through my honorable mentions. Okay. We were talking about Pixar movies before the show. Uh, and I thought of Wally in the main voice. But then it, it's pretty one note. All he's saying is, <laughs> so I, you know, I decided to go against that one. Um, Darth Vader was kind of obvious, but you know, that was from the Empire Strikes Back. Already an iconic voice. Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. Um, Red from Shawshank Redemption, only for the oh, shit, only for the purpose of. Andy crawling through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness. <laughs> that, that part. And then um, I think... Oh, and I also had the Don Corleone from The Godfather. Look at how they massacred my boy. That's good. That's good. That's but my pick... Because I, I need some lighthearted movies on here. I'm going with Talladega Nights. I am ah. recasting. Actually, I'm recasting. <laughs> what's the guy's Sasha Baron Cohen's role? Oh, bringing Bane into it as uh, John Gerard. <laughs> say, say you like grapes. <laughs> <laughs> we invented jazz, existentialism, and. The 69, something to that effect, but... Well, him breaking his arm makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> you have made a mockery of me, Ricky Booby. <laughs> this, this is the thing, though, about Talladega Nights. He has to keep saying Ricky Booby. He can't say Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you have made a mockery of me, Ricky Booby. <laughs> I'm glad you came up with this draft. This is this was good. This was all, this was the, one of the most fun podcasts I've done in a while. Just that was really stupid, but it was also really worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. And Alex, it's time to plug. Yeah, go check out the Alex and Dylan Basketball Power Hour. Last week we did. Uh, we did the Pacers. Zach Griffith made an official statement that appeared on the podcast. I did. I did. Um, we did the Rockets and we did the Pistons. This week we're doing the Bulls, the 76ers, and the Lakers. So if you like those teams, go check us out. I also did a podcast doing trades that Caleb Lynn and I would like to see. So go check that out. That was a lot of fun. Um, I proposed blowing up the Rockets in the same week that I gave them a lot of praise. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get from me. Um, Up and down week for the Rockets. <laughs> I'm at least in the Alex Burke headcanon. Um, it, it's been an up and down week. Um, <laughs> go check out Triple Option Pass. At some point this month, it's going to come out with a shoulda, coulda, woulda. We haven't determined the team yet, but the shoulda, coulda, wouldas are always very, very well done because they research so much. Um, 
This has stuck with me for, for several months now, Zach. Did you know that at one point in the 2007 season, the Kansas Jayhawks were ranked number two in the nation? Football? Yes. No. <laughs> what the fuck? No. I, I made a contribution on that podcast because I texted in our little group chat. I was like, Kansas? Who the hell was on that team? I don't even know, but <laughs> that was about 2007 West Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That was a good episode. It was, it was a good episode, but I, I learned that Kansas – that fact has stuck with me in my head. They recorded that episode probably in, like, September, and I still think, I still think about it. Let's see. Team I – don't, I don't know who was on this team, but, yeah. Um, triple option pass. They'll be great. Um, Battleground – so Linsanity will be back next week. We're recapping the Super Bowl, and then they'll be pivoting to college football. Zach, Battleground and Cinema, what do we got there? Battleground, we might be back this week. I'm going to float it by the guys to see if they want to do one this week just for the Super Bowl and stuff. Uh, cinema, I've got my X-Men monologue out right now. Go check that out. That was, that was a lot of fun to do. And then um, X2. I'll be doing a monologue on X2 uh, some, uh, hopefully this week. And then, um, yeah, that's really all I got. Oh, we'll be starting a Fast and Furious series, getting fans ready leading up to the release of F9. Devin Voss, J.D. Hall, and Bryce Shaddy will all be featured on that. So check check that out. That hopefully, that will, hopefully that will be released, at least the first episode, by the end of the month. So, yes. Fingers crossed. Zach, thank you so much for having me on. The Bane draft was was incredible. Um, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and as always, folks, thanks for listening.